Good morning. It is good to see everybody here this morning. When announcements like that are made, it just uh, reminds me how uh, wonderful and how blessed we are to have the spiritual family that we can uh, pray with, that we can grow with, that we can grieve with, that we can be together during difficult times. And it is certainly a blessing to be here and to worship with you all this morning. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to the 86th Psalm. We're going to be there for the entirety of our lesson this morning, so you can go ahead and be turning there. And while you're turning there, I'm just going to give you a a little bit of a preview of of tonight's lesson. Uh, Jeremy is going to be speaking tonight, and he is going to share with you some information from our trip to San Francisco that we recently returned from as part of his lesson. It's not necessarily going to be the report that that we have done in the past, but as part of his lesson this evening, he's going to share with you some of the details of the work that's going on in San Francisco and some of the ways in which all of us can be praying for the brethren out there. Now, some of you may have followed along with our journey out there watching those ever-increasingly silly videos that we posted on Facebook at absurd hours of the night, no less. And if so, thank you for doing that, and thank you for praying for us and along with us while we were gone. And if at all possible, please be sure to be back this evening to hear a little bit more about the work that's going on out in San Francisco. Uh, Keith uh, gave to us our theme for this trimester, Committed Christianity. And each Sunday morning for this last part of the year, our lessons are going to be geared in one way or another toward that theme, and that is no different this morning. We're going to talk specifically about the big heading that he gave us of being committed to spiritual growth. But underneath that big heading, there were several specific ways in which we need to be committed to spiritual growth. And this morning, we are going to be talking more specifically about understanding our deep need for God and how that leads us on a path to spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. I have, for the first time this year, I've I've planted a garden. Uh, We've had a a small garden in the past. Ashley mostly managed that. I kind of took over when we moved into our new house, and we planted a pretty big garden, and I have really enjoyed that. It has been fascinating to me, and I've learned a lot. One of the things that I have learned over the process of planting a garden and tending to it over the course of the season is that plants are needy. Plants are needy. They need soil that has just the right combination of nutrients. They need water, but not too much water. And certain plants need more water than others. They need sunlight, but again, not too much sunlight, and some of them prefer a little bit of shade. They need warm temperatures, but if it gets too hot, then they'll start to wilt. They are needy. They require attention. And plants are very obviously needy, because they react almost immediately when those needs are met or when those needs are unmet. 
Now, I would suggest to you that you and I are very similar to those plants in a lot of ways. That just like those plants, every single one of us is needy. Now, the difference is, unlike those plants who have no choice as to whether or not they're going to hide their needs, you and I sometimes will try to hide our needs. Or or sometimes we will choose not to acknowledge our needs. And we do so for a variety of different reasons. Pride, for instance, can be one of them. But sometimes we are hesitant to recognize and acknowledge our needs. And as a result of that, if those needs go unfulfilled or unmet, then just like the plants in my garden, my growth, speaking now spiritually, is going to be stunted. I I have a responsibility to acknowledge my neediness, and to seek the fulfillment of those needs. And this is where Psalm 86 comes into play for our study this morning. This is a psalm of David, a man who, from the outside looking in, probably doesn't look like a man who needs much. He has everything. He is a king. He is wealthy. He has all that the world could offer to him. But he's a man who serves as a great example for us of just how important it is to acknowledge our neediness before God. So I want to read this psalm with you this morning, and then we're going to look at some of the needs, the universal needs that David acknowledges here this morning, and then we're going to talk about what to do with all of this. The 86th Psalm, beginning in verse number 1. Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord. For I cry to you all day long, rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you. For you will answer me. Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore, and great is your mercy toward me, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, the proud have risen against me, and a mob of violent men have sought my life, 
and have not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. O turn to me and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. I want you to look with me this morning at a few of the needs that David acknowledges. He points out at the very beginning that he is poor and needy. Speaking here from a very spiritual perspective, but also as we read about physically as well. Even as king, he is facing opposition. And we can read the story of David and we can, we can read about some of the opposition that he faced. And so these needs that he was acknowledging as he approached God served him on both fronts. And I believe the same is true for you and I this morning. I believe the needs that David acknowledges here are truly universal. Every single one of us will be able to relate to these things this morning. The first thing that I want you to think about in verse number three is how David recognizes his need for mercy. He cries to God for mercy, for compassion to be shown to him. Mercy puts in our minds the, the idea of compassion being shown to someone, but it is being shown to someone by the one who has the power to punish them for something. And, and that is the position that God sits in. He has the power, he has the right, and he has the authority to punish because of sin. And David, a man after God's own heart, recognizes his need for mercy. God, show me compassion. Every single one of us here has that need from God. We need his mercy. We need his mercy... Because we have sinned. If you have sin in your past, you need mercy from the Father who is in heaven. We need to recognize that, we need to internalize that, and we need to give voice to that need. Give voice to our neediness for God. That is not something to hide from. It's not something to shy away from. It's something to live into. And David is a great example of one who shows his need and acknowledges that need for mercy. Along with that, in verse number four, he follows that up by recognizing that God is the true source of joy in his life. Outside of the Father, he has no true joy. And there's an important distinction to be made between the joy that David seeks from God and happiness and pleasure that the world can offer. The world can offer us temporary happiness. The world can offer us temporary pleasure. Only God can offer us joy. And all of us are in need of that. 
Because joy is life-giving. Joy is sustaining. Joy is a breath of fresh air in an otherwise dark and dreary world. And so no matter what your life may look like, no matter how easy your life may be or how hard your life may be, all of us are in need of joy. And that joy can only be provided to us through the Father. Another thing that can only be provided to us through God is forgiveness. David is a man that while seeking God and not turning away from him, David is also a man who had sinned. And David acknowledges that on many occasions as he writes several of the Psalms that address the sin that he has committed and his desire to seek forgiveness from God. Why does he do that? Because he is poor and needy. He recognizes that he needs forgiveness from God. And all of us do. He is the only source of forgiveness. He's also the only source of help in times of trouble, as David references there in verse number 7. As I mentioned earlier, there are many instances in the life of David where he finds himself in trouble. He, He is oftentimes being oppressed in one way or another, his throne even being threatened at times. And he recognizes his needy state. And he needs help during those times of trouble. And again, the universal truth to be seen in all of this, that you and I are in the same boat. That when life is troublesome to us, God is the source of our help. And all of us need him during those times. And then finally, in verse number 11, we see David recognizing a need to be taught by God. We need the truth that only comes from God. We need to be taught by that. We need to have that instilled within us so that it becomes a part of us. But we need to implore that God teach us these things. Inscribe these words that are before us on our hearts and teach us. We are needy in that way. Now, with all of that in mind, and we could have continued on this list of ways in which we are needy before God. But what I want us to consider now is that as we consider the needs that David illustrated and that you and I can relate to in our own way, We seek to have these universal needs fulfilled by God and God alone because, as David says in verse number 10, you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Verse 15, you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Verse 16, you give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. The reason that we need to express our needs to God 
is because of what David tells us here, that he is the only one who can fulfill those needs. Just like my little plants in my garden, if it hasn't rained in a while, they are reliant upon me to water them. Otherwise, they will die. So it is with me and my needs. I am reliant upon God because he is the only one that can fulfill my otherwise unmet needs. And without them, I too will die. Our need for God should be at times overwhelming to us because we recognize the consequences of those needs going unmet and we recognize God is the only source that can fulfill them. So with that in mind, let's look at the results of this. Let's look at the results of this spiritual growth and maturity that can be had when our needs are met, when we go to the provider and the sustainer to have our needs met. What can happen? Well, David addresses some of that as well in this psalm. When you look at verses 4 and verse 7 and verse 8, for instance, rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Verse 7, in the day of my trouble I will call upon you, for you will answer me. In verse 8, among the gods there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. When we go through the process that we see David going through here, of recognizing our needs, recognizing the fact that we are all needy, taking those needs to the one who can provide and fulfill those needs, then one of the results that we will see is that we will develop a confidence in our relationship with God. When we see and feel our needs being met before God, our confidence and the relationship that we have with him grows stronger. I know, I know that he is the source of joy. Why? Because I've experienced it. I have felt it in my life. And therefore, I know that I can go to him when I am not feeling that, and he is the provider of that joy in my life. Because I've experienced it. Even, for instance, this morning, as one of our sisters in Christ is dealing with very serious health problems, we can approach the throne of God in prayer, and we can feel and experience the comfort that that provides. And when we do that, what are we more likely to do the next time something arises? We're more likely to go to our Father in prayer because we've experienced the comfort that can be found in that. Expressing these needs to God is crucial to developing the confidence in our relationship with Him that He wants us to have. David also acknowledges another result in verse number 12. He says, I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. 
See, when we go through this process, our worship is impacted by acknowledging our neediness before God and going to Him to have those needs fulfilled. Our our worship becomes more meaningful. Our worship becomes more natural as it oozes out of us, pours out of us as a result of feeling the needs that we have being met by our Father in heaven. Our natural response becomes praising Him, glorifying Him. So our worship grows stronger. We find maturity in our worship and growth in our worship. And then finally, we identify times when He helped. As I mentioned just a moment ago, we experience the fulfillment of our needs being met. And as we do so, we recognize the next time that we fall into hardship or the next time that that we find trouble in our life, He is the one that we go to. David acknowledges that in verse number 17 as he says, Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. It's an important practice for all of us. An important practice for all of us to take inventory of the needs that we have and to recognize how and when and in what ways God has fulfilled those needs and God has met those needs. It's an important practice to go through, to to think about when have I been needy and and sought help from God, and and what has that experience been like for me? Because it will inform the decisions that I make moving forward. It will draw me closer to Him. Prayer won't just be an afterthought Prayer will be my very first thing that I go to because I know that the world can't offer me the joy that I need. The world can't offer me the mercy that I need. The world can't offer me the forgiveness that I'm seeking. Only God can. And so when I find myself in need, my first reaction is to go to my Father in heaven and make those needs known to Him because He is the one that can meet them. As it is with plants in my garden, ignoring those needs will eventually catch up to us. And it will bring about very significant consequences for us. You are more than welcome to go without water if you choose to do so. That's your right You are more than welcome to do so. But none of us would say that keeping ourselves from water for long periods of time wouldn't bring about consequences. We understand physiologically that we need water in order to live. It's a very basic need, a very basic understanding. But the free will that God has given us allows us to say, I'm not going to seek water. And you're welcome to do so. But you will begin to feel the consequences of that decision. 
And there will come a point in which those consequences prove fatal. And so it is with our neediness before God. You are more than welcome to deny your neediness. You are more than welcome, you have the right to walk out of here this morning and say, that's great that all those other people in that auditorium need those things from God, but I don't. That is your right. But please do not fool yourself into thinking that there won't be consequences for that decision. Because there will be times in your life where you have needs that this world cannot meet. There will be tragedy. There will be sickness. There will be sadness. There will be hopelessness. And there will be a realization that this world cannot meet those needs for you. And even in those times, you're still welcome to deny that God is the one who can fulfill those for you. But please know, if you choose to do so, that not only will there be physical consequences, but there will be eternal ones as well. Because on the day of judgment, every single one of us is going to stand before our maker. And if you didn't think you needed mercy before, you will then. If you didn't think you needed forgiveness before, you will then. But unfortunately, at that point, it will be too late. But as David points out in this psalm, The source of our needs being met come from a God who is compassionate, come from a God who is gracious, come from a God who is long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. And he continues that long-suffering with us as he gives us time to acknowledge our needs, to take those needs to him so that he can fulfill them. And that's an opportunity that is available to all of us this morning. It's available to all of us as long as God gives us breath to seek him, the creator of all, the giver of all good things, the sustainer of life, and the only one who can satisfy the deep needs that we all have. And so we'll close this morning by asking you, what needs do you have today? As you take inventory of your life, as David had clearly done as he penned the words to the 86th Psalm, what needs do you have? Maybe as you're thinking about that, maybe you're recognizing that you need a relationship with God. Maybe there hasn't been one in your life 
Well, God has been long-suffering with you, and he stands ready and excited about entering into a relationship with you, one in which your sins can be forgiven, one in which that mercy and grace can be poured out upon you. And you can do that this morning by confessing him and being baptized for the remission of those sins. And you can experience those needs being met. Or maybe you've done that, but maybe you feel like your relationship with God has been strained. Maybe you have pulled away from him. Maybe, Maybe you have gone down the path of refusing to acknowledge the needs that you have in your life. Well, this morning offers you an opportunity to reconsider those decisions, and to recognize that God and God alone is the one that can fulfill the needs in your life. He is the only one, he is the only one who can provide, he is the only one that can fulfill those needs, but we're here to help. And if we can help you in any way with any of those spiritual needs this morning, please come to the front and let us know how as we stand and sing.